Hi, everyone. This week, we're excited to publish a special episode. You'll get to hear a talk that I gave last December 2021 at the Market Projects Christmas Celebration event. And for those who are not yet plugged into the Market Project, click on the link below. And get plugged in. The Market Project is a movement of like minded Filipinos who are helping one another find purpose, live with hope, and experience success. I hope you enjoy today's episode. I think I've always had it in my heart to reconnect in some way with my place of birth. I moved to California when I was three years old. Um, so, uh, and, I, and I didn't go back to, Cal- uh, to the Philippines until you know, after college. So uh, a long time after, <laughs> after that. Um, but, you know, God has just continued to invite me to come and see, come and see what I am doing in the Philippines. He is doing something special in the country. And the more that I listen to that voice to come and see and really intentionally make the, the time and the headspace and even, you know, physically go come and see what God is doing there, the more that he reveals where he is working and, 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 and how we can partner with him in building tastes of heaven on earth, starting in our country. Um, but I just wanted to take a step back and share, share some thoughts um, uh, here with you tonight. So let's go back a couple of years. You may not remember this anymore, but you know, think back, August 2nd, 2018, August 2nd, 2018. For me, this was a, a big date because that was a date that Apple, um, anyone here with an iPhone or a MacBook, maybe not, but uh, shout out to you if you're an iOS user. But that's what, August 2nd, 2018, that was a day that Apple became the first publicly traded company in America to reach $1 trillion in market cap. So again, the stock market valued Apple um, at, at $1 trillion, the first U.S. company to reach that milestone. And I remember that day, Tim Cook emailed a memo to all employees. So at the time, Apple had over 120,000 employees around the world. And Tim Cook sent an email to all the employees and he said, uh, today, Apple passed a significant milestone. Um, at our closing, the share price was $207.39. The stock market now values Apple at more than $1 trillion. And while we have much to be proud of in this achievement, it's not the most important measure of our success. Financial returns are simply the result of Apple's innovation, putting our products and customers first, and always staying true to our values. Fast forward two years, Friday, March 13th, 2020. It was um, late evening when, again, Tim Cook released a public statement this time on Apple's COVID-19 response. Do you remember what you were doing March 13th, 2020? Uh, I still remember in my head. Um, yes, that was a, a very interesting day um, receiving this public statement uh, from Tim Cook which announced the fact that we were closing down, you know, all our offices and all of our retail stores all around the world outside of greater China. And so that translates from an, a retail store perspective, that's over 250 stores in over 20 countries around the world shutting down all in one day. And the letter 
of that COVID-19 response, it began with this. To the worldwide Apple family, the global spread of COVID-19 is affecting every one of us. At Apple, we are people first. And we do what we do with the belief that technology can change lives and the hope that it can be a valuable tool in a moment like this. And so you see that whether it was celebrating a $1 trillion valuation or you know, responding to a global pandemic, the message is the same, that people are at the center of what the company does. And Apple remained true to its core values through and through, not just, and it didn't just navigate or survive the challenging times, but continue to push itself to innovate and seek new ways to continue to put people at the center of everything it did, providing immediate care for employees and customers and communities. And I, I know this because I was able to be part of each of these milestones, having been a part of the Apple team and also serving as a global COVID response lead for store operations for the first 17 months of the pandemic. And praise God, you know, August 2020, during the pandemic, Apple becomes the first publicly traded U.S. company to reach a $2 trillion valuation during the global pandemic. And again, while it's not all about the financials, I just wanted to share that, and, and while Apple's not a Christian company, you will be surprised at how many Christians exist in this company, stewarding the day-to-day -day operations of these products and services and things that you enjoy, and myself included in that. Um, and I got a chance to even lead the Apple Christian Fellowship during my time with Apple. Yes, there are lots of Christians within the company. Um, but all that said, if there's one thing that Apple has taught me, it's this, that businesses that put people at the center of everything they do and do it excellently, they will outperform, not just financially, but more importantly, in enriching lives. And it may not happen overnight. For Apple, you know, it started in 1976, so it took over 40 years, right, to reach that trillion-dollar valuation, but it wasn't the focus. It was always about putting people at the center and making the best products and innovating and trying to make the world better than we found it. And as for us, as Christ-following business leaders, man, we should be at the forefront of putting people at the center of everything we do. After all, it's a form of obedience to God. Our motivation to do that is different. It's to be obedient to God because we know that from in the word of God, from the Old Testament to the New Testament, obedience to God is the best place to be, right? And, and what is it at the core? What does Jesus command us to do? To love God and to love neighbors as ourselves. And so we ought to do that um, in and through our businesses as well. And for me, before during and post-COVID, whenever that time might be, my identity has always been and will continue to be found in being a daughter of the Most High King, a committed follower of Jesus, and intent on pursuing a vision that I want to share with you that's found in Proverbs 11.10. Proverbs 11.10 says, when the righteous prosper, the city rejoices. When the wicked perish, there are shouts of joy. When the righteous prosper, the city rejoices when the wicked perish, there are shouts of joy. And as Tim Keller says, uh, that the citizens of God's city ought to be the best citizens of their earthly cities. Is that true in the Philippines today? Is that true in your life today? 
the author Amy Sherman unpacks Proverbs 11:10 beautifully in her book called Kingdom Calling: Vocational Stewardship for the Common Good. And here are some of the ideas that really captivate my imagination and inspire me to dream bigger and maybe they'll captivate some of yours. And so Proverbs 11:10, um, you know, Amy Sherman unpacks this and she says the preview passages of the kingdom of God reveal that the consummated kingdom is marked by two major closely related features, justice and shalom. So a rejoiced city is one where ever greater tastes of justice and shalom are made real. And the righteous, those of us who call ourselves Christians, right, who are followers of Jesus, are the promoters or the doers of this justice and shalom. And biblical justice is not just concerned about punishing the wrongdoers. It's actually concerned about healing the wrongdoers and restoring them to the community. It's about restoring wholeness in relationships, first and foremost with God and then with other human beings. And of course, shalom, right, is characterized by the four fundamental relationships of life, right? Peace with God, peace with self peace with others, and peace with creation. And so what might that look like, right, for the righteous to prosper in a way that brings about increasing tastes of heaven, that sets right things that are broken and brings greater tastes of heaven on earth, starting in the Philippines? What could that look like, right? And so as Christ followers, as people who call ourselves Christians, we're not only here to pray a prayer, we get baptized, and then we sit around and we wait to get to heaven. No, we get to set right things that are broken and we get to build taste of heaven on earth right here, right now. As we steward our faith in Jesus, not just inwardly and individually, but outwardly and publicly and even cross-institutionally in and through our vocations. Because believe it or not, there are Christians in business, in schools, in hospitals, even in government, right? Imagine if we actually functioned as one body, stewarding our vocations to set right the things that are broken in our communities and really build taste of heaven on earth. What could that look like? What kind of society would that be? And, and you know, uh, maybe then the Philippines won't be one of the worst ranked, most corrupt countries in the world. <laughs> but all that said, as Christ followers in the marketplace, whether we're business owners or we're workers, I just want to encourage us that, man, we get to advance God's big plan in the world by making his love visual in and through our businesses, in and through our work. Um, and, and God has shown me that making his love visual isn't just a tagline um, and it's not just theory, but it, 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 it does require intentionality. It's not easy, but it's possible. And it requires intentionality, first and foremost, in, in your leadership, but also in your organizational strategy and even in your operations. And so what could that look like, right? And so I just want to offer a vision of a business that is intent on making God's love visual. And this is inspired by my friends at Praxis Labs, which is a Christian accelerator program that's headquartered in New York. And so what could it look like to make God's love visual? Imagine products and services and experiences that aren't just useful, but truly enrich lives 
for individuals, for families, for businesses and communities. Imagine companies with brand that doesn't overinflate promises, but reflects the true good news of the gospel. Imagine workplace culture that doesn't just maximize people as resources, but really brings about everyone's whole best self, recognizing that all people have minds, bodies, spirits, and souls. And as leaders of organizations, as entrepreneurs, I know many of you are entrepreneurs, the story that we tell uh, the world through our brand and the story that we tell our employees and our culture ought to align with the story that God has for us and the story that we tell ourselves. And that takes intentionality. Um, imagine this, you know, business models that not only maximize for profit, but really aim to optimize for eternity, intentionally doing what we can to add value to every stakeholder across your entire supply chain. Imagine partnerships um, uh, that are not founded on a zero-sum game mentality, but are centered on love and friendship, even amongst investors and entrepreneurs or between your suppliers. Um, and, and we're pursuing win-wins for all. Um, and even if, if you have to part ways on a partnership, the friendship is still there. And of course, lastly, imagine ambition as leaders that's not only seeking your self-interest, but we die to ourselves just as Jesus sacrificed and died for us. And our pursuit and our measure of success is growing more like Jesus from the inside out in our character, in our relationships, in our competency. Because if we are not growing more and more like Jesus from the inside out, why are we even doing what we're doing? And so whether God has you assigned at a major multinational company, at an early stage startup, or maybe you're in government or you're in healthcare, you're at home, education, wherever God has you, um, let's continue to stand firm, remembering who God is, who he says you are in Christ, and always remember why you do what you do, exercising the freedom that you have to dream bigger with God finding ways to intentionally put people at the center of everything that you do to make God's love visual to the world. And my fellow brothers and sisters, may God's kingdom come and his will be done on earth as it is in heaven, in and through the work he has called us to do in the Philippines and beyond. God bless us all. Thank you so much for joining us on today's episode of the Dream Bigger Ventures podcast. We're always eager to hear from our listeners to find out how this show can be more enjoyable and helpful to you on your entrepreneurial journey. Leave us a message on dreambiggerph.com. Again, that's dreambiggerph.com. And we look forward to hearing from you.